Welcome back to the Tent Makers Podcast, where our aim is to make disciples and magnify the Lord by providing clear explanations of Scripture. The chief end of man. That is what our topic will be today, where I'm your host, Peyton, and with me are my good friends, the original tent makers, Stephen and Summit. And, you know, to kind of kick this off, um, what does it even mean, the chief end of man? If you guys had to give it a one-sentence explanation, Summit, how would you how would you describe that? Well, I mean, how I would describe it in all of um, my scholarly studies, I would say, you know, it's to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. I second that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it seems pretty pretty straightforward, but honestly, like, where does that even come from? Where 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 the statement come from? Obviously, we've talked about different things on this podcast, and you guys will see later on just the many things, the many thoughts of the three of us. And so, Scary. this one, this one's been around our lives for quite some time now. It's something we've always discussed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So actually there was a good little chunk of time where every time Summit and I turned around and had a conversation, this came up. Like yeah. if we were talking to somebody else or watching a video, like it, it came up all the time and it's really weird. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, we decided we we're going to do an episode about it. And you know, like you said, it's always been in our lives. Like sometimes we forget that there's like people don't think this way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like so I think Christians, we get caught up in this culture of like, not being around people who aren't Christians. And sometimes we forget what they say about yeah, this. We forget that people um, are different sometimes, and different people have different worldviews. And so sometimes yeah. when you hear how other people think and believe, it's kind of like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I asked a couple people uh, what they thought the chief end of man or man's ultimate purpose in life was. And uh, one of them basically said to survive. Um and all the aspects to just survive, however that means possible. And another one said this, uh, I don't really know, but we're still here. With that being said, I find comfort in seeing life as a test of how we'd react to uncertainty. Do we disregard the possibility of meaning and afterlife, a God, and strive for nothing? Or do we try to be better, strive for good, and make life easier for those around us? Hmm. It's interesting. It's not the way that we think. No. Exactly. But it's it's kind of like looking into the minds of people that uh, don't believe in God or don't uh, even want to think about it. Their hope is built in try to be better. Strive for good and make life easier for those around us. Right. And that's not the gospel that we know. No. That's not the purpose for life that we know. And so when you asked these um, people and you got those responses, what exactly did you ask? Did you say, what's the chief end of man? Or um, how did you put it? I messaged them and I said, um, I said, what is the chief end of man? And then in parentheses, I said, what is the purpose of our life or why do we live? Mm-hmm. So when asking like th- this question, what is the chief end of man? Um, basically, it's asking, you know, what's the ultimate purpose of humanity? What's the um, reason, the purpose for the like existence mm-hmm. of 
us. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. And, and I mean, everybody has an answer to it, whether they want to admit it or not. It dictates how they live their life. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some people that live, uh, the chief end of man is to make more money. And you can see it <laughs> in how they live their life. I mean, right. but if the chief end of man, which we believe it is, is to uh, glorify God and enjoy him forever, it should trickle into every aspect of our life. Right. But where the heck does that saying come from? Because I didn't come up with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, so, so this phrase, the chief end of man, it's not something um, that we coined, and the answer to it is not something that we just came up with ourselves. I mean, ultimately, it's from Scripture. It's from the Bible. Um, but uh, kind of the history behind what's going on here with this question, what's the chief end of man, answer, glorify God and enjoy him forever, comes from this popular um, catechism. And uh, what a catechism is, basically, is it's a summary of principles um, and doctrine that's usually written in question and answer format with the purpose of teaching um, individuals about whatever doctrine it's summarizing. And so um, the chief end of man uh, is, is kind of this first point on this popular catechism known as the Westminster Shorter Catechism. There's a larger catechism and a shorter catechism. What we're referencing is the shorter, but they're pretty much the same thing. This one's just condensed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the Westminster Shorter Catechism essentially was um, composed by this group of English and Scottish theologians, about 121 of them, in 1646 and 1647. Um, and they were known as the Westminster Assembly. And so the Shorter Catechism is made up of 107 questions and answers that are designed to teach theology in a simple, memorizable way. And so that's kind of where we get this topic of the chief Mm -hmm. end of man, and um, that's why we're talking about it today. And ultimately, it wasn't some assembly that came up with this question and answer. It was um, from truths that are pulled from the Word of God itself. Um, And just to kind of put a cap on uh, just like this history of this, too, kind of summarize it, maybe make it a little bit more clear. In an article on banneroftruth.org, a guy said, um, a guy named William Beveridge said, uh, he said this, referencing the Westminster Shorter Catechism, it has been acknowledged by many to be the most accurate and succinct summary of the Christian faith ever produced. Its simple question and answer format lends itself to easy memorization, yet the amount of biblical truth packed into it is nothing short of astounding. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of where we get mm-hmm. our topic for today. And just, you know, hearing you guys and thinking about it, obviously we've all thought the question of, what is, what is my purpose? What am I doing here? Why, why am I even alive? Mm-hmm. And biblically we can see through scriptures that being answered and that being played out if we really delve into what it means to actually follow after Christ and just the sense of glorifying him and the sense of, wanting to honor him, wanting to love him. And it's only through him that we can find a true purpose for why we're actually here. Obviously, if we ask somebody who's not a Christian, they're not going to give you that kind of answer because they don't know the truth of that answer. I mean, they may find it in different things. Um, As Stephen mentioned, money. They may find it even in just playing sports or in their schooling or in their job, in their career. But at the end of the day, that's not going to completely fulfill them. I think that's what a lot of um, conversations will be talked about today is really just finding that purpose because, let's face it, we've all thought it. We've all longed after it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm kind of excited as we 
dive deeper into this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we weren't created to make money. We weren't created to just survive um, or to just, like, provide for our families. Yeah. We, honestly, as we'll find out in um, Scripture, we were created for much more mm. than these ideas. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I, I like what Spurgeon said about this. Um, he said that when he was asked what is the chief end of man, he said is to glorify God, period. He said, nothing wrong with the original way it was written, but if you're glorifying God, you will enjoy him. Right. If you're not enjoying him, it's not glorifying to the Lord. You will enjoy him forever if you are glorifying him. Mm-hmm. To him, there was no need to finish that because in his mind, it's that it's just that they're the same thing. If right. you if you're glorifying God, you are enjoying Him forever. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was neat, especially coming from Spurgeon. So <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. he's quite quite the cat. He's eyed. Very sharp cat. He's eyed. <laughs> but let's go ahead and just lay the foundation mm-hmm. for this. Let's get into it and let's honestly just see what Scripture has to say about it. And we have to go back to the very beginning to see that. So. Um, if you want to summon, you want to go ahead and let's lay the foundation here. Let's do it. Um, yeah, so like Peyton said, it's it's really going to be helpful for us, like in understanding our chief end, if we um, look at God's original design for humanity. So we're going to go back to Genesis chapters 1 through 3. Um, just kind of discuss those real quick. Yeah, you got to go back to the beginning before you can figure out the end. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> What's the chief beginning of man? Um, <laughs> you know what, Stephen? Uh, would you go ahead and summarize like Genesis 1 through 3 uh, for us and let, let us know what's going on there in the first three chapters of the Bible? Yeah, God creates <laughs> everything, including man. Then man sins and turns away from God. Mm-hmm. But originally when God created everything, Adam and Eve walked with God in the garden, lived perfect uh, unity with God, lived in perfect unity with God uh, until they were tempted by the serpent, which we know as Satan, and fell and turned against God and sinned against him over a thing so simple as to just not eat the fruit. But they did it and were separated forever. But originally, Man was intended to live in perfect unity with God forever. However, we clearly messed up our end of the deal. Mm-hmm. So, do you have anything you would like to add to that? Anything I missed in there? No, I mean, that's a, I mean, that's a great summary. Um, we, we were created, and I say we, I mean humanity. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, in the beginning, it was Adam and Eve <laughs> that yeah. God created. But um, as human beings, um, like... Adam and Eve sinned against God. They were okay. created and they lived in paradise in perfect harmony with him, but they sinned against him. They rebelled against him. But before that happened, yeah. um, when they were in paradise, God gave them a commission. Um, and, and in Genesis 1, verse 28, so, so we know that um, uh, God created man in his image. And so yeah. Adam and Eve were made in the image of God. They were without sin. And then he gave them this commission. It says, in verse 28, chapter 1, it says, God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Um, and it goes on, but I just kind of want to stop there and point out that the purpose for humanity um, was to multiply the image of God and mm-hmm. to fill the earth with God's glory through, like, through themselves, yeah. you know? Um, but then they sinned, as Stephen said, and so that 
did a couple of things. I mean, it separated human beings from God, and also it just tainted, like, the image bearers, mm-hmm. which is us. We're tainted with sin now. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and no longer are we born to glorify Him and enjoy Him. We aren't born being able to do that because we're born into sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with Him, because of what He did, um, with to his son uh, sending him to earth live a perfect life die and then rise on the third day we he has allowed us to go back into relationship with him to be able to um, glorify him and enjoy him through relationship like that mm-hmm. um, yeah you guys have just sitting here listening you guys have mentioned this idea I guess not necessarily an idea this true statement of glorifying Christ, um, and kind of just a quick off the ball answer. How? What are some things that glorify Christ? How do we glorify Christ? Mm-hmm. Or I guess more specifically, how does Christ glorify Himself through us? Right. Um, because we, like you said, we're born to sin, and so we don't have that natural ability to glorify Christ. So mm-hmm. how how does Christ do that through us? Well, first, um, <laughs> He allows us to know Him. I think that's like kind of the foundational thing because anything that we do is in vain if we don't like know Christ and if we're not doing it for the Lord. And if we don't know him, then we're not like doing anything for him, like within yeah. ourselves, if that makes any sense. And so I yeah. think like the, the first way that we glorify God without like besides the general like um, fact that we exist <laughs> yeah <laughs> like um because everything exists for god's glory which we'll get into but um i think that first by knowing him is is the first step in glorifying him right no i agree with that yeah knowing him is definitely the first step i mean even some things that uh, you, you you make him famous i mean that's another way that we can do it mm-hmm. telling people about him is the way that he can glorify himself through us. Right. So, I mean, all we we are the image bearers of Christ. We are to make his name famous amongst all the nations. Therefore, that is our main way to be able to glorify him. But, yeah. 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 Um, and once we know him, like, well, we're going to be sanctified and we're going to grow mm-hmm. and grow and grow. But, like, we're going to be, um, like, we're called to do all kinds of stuff. We're called yeah. to obey, like, the scriptures. What, like, um, like the Great Commission, for example. Like, our calling is to go and, and make disciples. Um, so we glorify Christ by um, obeying what the Word of God has laid out. So we do, uh, we do that. We, um, we abide in Him. We spend time, like, daily just seeking Him in prayer through His Word. Yeah. Um, and so there are things that can be outward like expressions and actions that glorify Christ, but there are also like inward um, actions, I think, that bring glory to the Lord. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think it does. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it seems not necessarily pretty simple, but it definitely, in a sense, takes the weight off of us mm-hmm. because we don't. We can't prove anything. We have no ability to prove or validate ourselves before mm-hmm. a holy God. And only Christ can do that within us. So in a sense, it seems easy to step back, but obviously our pride and our sin holds us from doing just that very thing. 
Um, and why would why would we want to hold hold ourselves back from that? Um, obviously, sin has tainted us. Obviously, there's no one that does right mm-hmm. before God. Um, and as we'll kind of just get into just God's plan for us, um, for God's glory through us. And it's something that we've talked about a little bit already, but I do think we need to kind of dive deeper into it um, to see kind of sovereign's, God's sovereign reign over everything. And yeah. I think that's, that's how it's essentially explained. So yeah, if one of y'all want to tackle that. Um, well, sure. I mean, if, if y'all want to go ahead and get out, why don't you get out Revelation chapter 4, why don't you Colossians chapter 1, and we'll read a little bit of scripture here. But um, just to point out, God is sovereign over all creation. Um, he's the creator of all things, like Peyton was getting into. He's ordained everything that has come to pass, uh, and he's done so in his infinite sovereign wisdom. And he's done it all to like bring glory to himself as well. And so we're going to read out of Revelation chapter 4, um, just verse 11, mm-hmm. and then Colossians 1 verse 16. All right. So if you want to go ahead. Revelation 4 verse 11 says this, Worthy are you, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and because of your will they existed and were created. And Colossians 1.16, For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, where the thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Boom. So, um... Yeah, and so just to get into that a little bit more. So God has, has this plan, this ultimate plan in his sovereign wisdom. Um, but he also has a plan for, for individual, like, human beings. Mm-hmm. And so there's this ultimate plan for human beings. And then more specifically, there's a plan for those whom, like, he saves as well. And so right. um, his, his sovereign plan includes, like, the redemption of people who are spiritually dead in sin. And we're going to get into Ephesians chapter 1 here in a minute. But can we just talk um, and, and kind of answer this question? Um, how did God redeem people who are spiritually dead and tainted by sin? Like, like what happened there? We've talked about creation. And we've yeah. talked about sin. And now we're dead and tainted by sin. But, but, yeah. but what happened? Well, ultimately, uh, we needed a sacrifice because the wages of sin are death. Uh, so due to that, something had to die. Um, and then, like I said earlier, to uh, fulfill that relationship, to get us back to himself, he had to send his son, the perfect lamb, to live a perfect life, die on the cross for charges he didn't do, and then he rose three days later so that he could redeem us uh, mm-hmm. because we are spiritually dead and tainted by sin, and we can't do it on our own. Him sending Christ is the only way that he could have redeemed us because there is absolutely no way any person that has ever lived or will ever live besides Christ that could do that. It is too big for just us. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Peyton, you want to add to that? I mean, that's pretty much the gospel, right? Like everything that Stephen mentioned is essentially how we're even able to do what we're able to do. Yeah. Um, I don't think that needs any more explanation. 
further. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I mean, go ahead. Well, I, no, I was just going to say, do you want to go ahead and jump into Ephesians? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, this, this message of God sending his son to um, die on the cross and redeem, like, sinners and restore them to a relationship with him, like, this is what ties um, Genesis 1 through 3, which we talked about earlier, to today's topic, which is the chief end of man. Um, because God saves sinners for the purpose of glorifying him and enjoying him forever. So um, so let's, yeah, like you said, let's look at those verses from Ephesians. It'll be chapter 1, verses 3 through 10. I can read them real quick. Okay. Uh, it says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as he chose us in before in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to, to the praise of his glorious grace, for uh, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Boom. So there's a lot going on there. Do you all want to unpack that a little bit? Less of yeah. our <laughs> let's, let's do what we can do. I mean... We can take it verse by verse. There's so much. Yeah. Um, what's what's tying this to, like, what we're talking about, the, our chief end? It ties it together because uh, our chief end, as it says here, uh, it talks about all the things he's given to us, the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us, uh, wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, uh, and uh, as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. And I don't know about you guys, but the last time I checked were things on earth. <laughs> so that has something to do with us right? Uh, yeah. and tying it all together. Yeah. So not only did he create it, he's going to unite it. Okay. And we just see that, you know, everything within this text is done for God. I mean, he, as it says in verse 4, um, that we should be holy and blameless before him. Not that we should be holy and blameless before other people. Not that we should be holy and blameless before the politicians, our teachers, our parents. No, everything is done so that we are holy and blameless before him. And that whole theme continues on just through this passage. Everything is for um, himself, mm-hmm. which we can do a different topic on this at a different time. But doesn't that seem like God's kind of selfish in that? <laughs> I mean, if we looked on the streets and we had a friend who was like, hey, I want you to do this because I want to be made famous. So why don't you go ahead and do that for me? And that's <laughs> kind of like the thing we see here. Now, I guess in a short answer, is that wrong? No, I mean... Absolutely not. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think that's just who God is is to make his name famous. I think if he didn't do that, he wouldn't be God. Yeah. Because who else would he want to make famous? Right. I mean, it would be blasphemous. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Um, And, I mean, the best thing for creation, um, including human beings, 
is for God to be all about himself through people. I mean, yeah. if, if God were all about, like, like if he were wanting us to serve him so that we could make, um, I don't know, some politician famous, like, mm-hmm. that wouldn't be good for us. That wouldn't right. be, like, glorifying to God. Yeah. It would be the opposite of glorifying to God. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. I agree. Um, and so I, I kind of want to point out, like, there in the middle, verses 5 and 6. Um, here in just in just a second, uh, we're going to look at that. Because this is what I was thinking earlier as I was diving into this passage. But God's plan for his chosen people is to redeem them so that they might know him. And in knowing him, they enjoy him. Like um, mm-hmm. Stephen was quoting earlier from Spurgeon. Um, and Scripture says that we were, and this is where I'm talking about with verses 5 and 6, that we were predestined for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. And then this is the part that I want you to really hang on to, to the praise of his glorious grace. And so uh, God saved us so that we would praise his glorious grace. Um, And as Christians, we can't help but to praise God for his grace because we've seen the condition that he brought us out of, right? Mm -hmm. And the depths of his love. Like, he's revealed that to us. And because of that, like, we can't help but to praise him. And um, we probably should have, like, thrown this in there at the beginning. But, like, to glorify God, you can put this in your own words as well if you want. Um, But it means to, like, acknowledge his splendor and greatness, and it means to, like, give him honor above yeah. everything else. Um, yeah. Would y'all, do y'all want to phrase that another way? Like, what does it mean to glorify God? I mean, that's pr- glorifying God. The only thing that we can do in that is just acknowledge the grace he's given us. Because in reality, what have we actually done? Without Christ, without God, we can do nothing. We can't breathe. We can't walk. We can't do anything without God allowing us to do that. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the only thing that we can do is praise him for what he's already done and what he's doing through us. Because all of our actions are still of him. He is still allowing us, doing it through it, doing it through us. That's all we can do. Right. And, you know, one of the greatest things that we can thank him for is the grace of salvation. I mean, think about it. What's the greatest miracle to ever be performed? Just, I mean, salvation. Salvation <laughs> is the greatest miracle. Taking a man who is spiritually dead and making them spiritually alive for his own glory is the greatest miracle that has ever been performed and will ever be performed. Right. Yeah, and I think just to even go a little bit deeper, because we're using this word acknowledge, but obviously we're meaning it a whole lot more than right. what maybe Webster um, has put out there, <laughs> because to acknowledge something is to, in my mind, is essentially just, hey, I recognize you and I see you, and what mm-hmm. you did was pretty cool. Right. But to so take it a step more. deeper, it's a full surrender. Yeah, into that yeah. acknowledgement. It's a step further than just saying, yeah. God, you're cool, you're powerful, right. that's awesome. To God, you have literally given me everything that I'm able to do. I want to live my life for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I want you to help me do that. <laughs> yeah. Because we can't do it on our own. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh-huh. So, yeah. So God made a way for us to know him. And knowing God causes us to praise God. And when we are praising God, we are glorifying Him. In knowing Him, we are enjoying Him. So that's a good summary. That is a pretty good summary. Simon <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, that's our ultimate purpose, right? 
is yeah. to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. Yeah, that, that that's it. That's that's all it can be. Yeah. Because if it was more than that, we'd be in trouble. Right. <laughs> we can't live up to it. And we can't even live up to, like, glorifying Him in everything that we do. We need His help and His grace, like y'all were saying, to even, yeah. like, bring glory to Him because we're human beings, like, like by nature, like we're haters of God. Of course, God has changed our hearts. We no longer hate God, um, but... Our natural, like, tendency is to go against that. Right. We've been made a new creation, but we still fight the flesh daily. That's very true. Yeah. Man, this is great. I love talking about the, the chief end of man or man's <laughs> purpose because ultimately it's God. Right. Glorify God. It's always God. It always goes back to God. Everything we do is to glorify himself. Everything he does is to glorify himself. Mm-hmm. It's just great. Yeah. And so maybe in five, six, ten years when we are a little bit smarter. <laughs> a little more, Speak uh, for yourself. A little bit <laughs> yeah, man, I don't know. Maybe we'll sure. come back to it, but I don't know. <laughs> maybe. I mean, the, the chief end of man, glorify God. How do we do that? How do we practically apply that? One thing would be reading your Bibles. I mean, God lays it out for us. There's no over-spiritualization in asking and praying to God, God, how do I glorify you more? Mm-hmm. He explains that to us in the Bible. And I think that's one thing we need to be proactive in is just practically applying, yeah. just glorifying Christ or letting Christ glorify himself through us, however you want to word that. And so the chief end of man, and let me tell you, this was exciting. This, this was, was good. Yep. This was really good. Um, yeah. And for you listeners, if you haven't already, go follow our Facebook. We actually yes. have a website. We do have now. a website. Steven, you want to talk Steven. about it? This website has been fun to make. It is uh, changing every day, I feel like. But it is fun. It has all of our stuff. You can find our blog on there. You can find our uh, podcasts on there. And you can find our YouTube channel, which is also in there. It yeah. has a cool video. You should go watch it. <laughs> but uh, it, the website is tentmakers.ucraft.site. S-I-T-E. Look it up. Tell us what you think. And if you want us to change anything, we might. Maybe not. Probably not. But we might. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're listening um, to this, and it's a couple months from when we've recorded this, that domain may have likely changed by now. Yeah. Um, so. Be on the lookout for that. Yeah. <laughs> check out our social medias for the latest updates on the website. Yeah. Throw that plug in there. Facebook. Go follow us. Tent makers. Instagram. Tent makers. <laughs> YouTube tent makers. <laughs> yeah. It's so, got the same logo. That's right. You can also email us at the tent makers podcast. Tent makers, tent tent makers, makers podcast. podcast. Tent makers yeah. of podcast at Gmail. So this has been a fun episode. The chief end of man. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And as always, I'm your host, Steven, along with Peyton and Summit. And we'll see you later. <laughs>